0: Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the
1: internet and who's to blame.
0: Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and I'm Brian Schumaster. It has been an interesting day in Los Angeles. We have we have definitely been plunged headfirst into third world country territory. Brian, you got out just in time. What's going on? Wake up, <laughs> turn on the light, putting my pants on. Boom! Entire house goes dark. Like most of the San Fernando Valley lost power this morning. Lovely, right. eh? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that there's that one. Then over in Santa Monica, your neck of the woods, there's apparently some kind of prowler on the loose a la 1950s one guy has completely suspended mail service for part of Santa Monica because nobody can catch him oh okay uh, one guy you're going to you're going to suspend mail service for one guy
2: well no big loss with the mail service i just remember that uh, it was basically nothing but junk mail by the end of the, my tenure there so <laughs> that's pretty much all it is now yeah anyways uh well that's fun uh, things have been moving along normally here of course i'm going to say that and next thing i know a beaver is going to chew through our power line so of course of course (laughs) moose out of nowhere it's funny uh following up a little bit from last week uh i was we were talking about the coffee machines in our respective offices and i i i i intellectually understand that the ceo of my company listens to the podcast but i don't let that affect me i i think you and i are both kind of like we're just here doing the podcast and we're laying it out and whoever listens listens and that is that. But on the plus side, he uh, on Friday when I came in after he had listened, uh, he kindly pointed out the very well hidden power button for the coffee machine. So now I know where it is. All right, and I guess I've discovered that this is the appropriate HR channel to discuss issues. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, would you like a raise? <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds cool. Okay, you know, I'm just saying. Here we go. Ah, and Star Trek's first NFTs, we talked about them last week as they were announced and roundly denounced by anybody that has a brain and is into Star Trek, but we have some more details on what these actually are going to be now. You can spend $250 on the season zero pack, and be a zero, and you'll get unique algorithmically built starships that you can flaunt and sell to other Trekkies. There will be 20,000 items in the first wave with 2,000 more in reserve. And they are incentivizing early buyers. Starship owners will receive crew member NFTs ahead of their wider release in Season 1. And Season 2 will let you use that crew for missions in a play-to-earn game. (sighs) So this isn't just a Star Trek thing. This is a directive from the top from Paramount. They're planning to offer NFTs across key franchises. So we're going to get a lot of these things. You know, uh, it's not clear that there's any sustainable demand for and trust in digital rarities. I would say it's clear that there isn't, even if they're attached to well-known sci-fi series. Um, so if you are, uh, if you want to idiotically go where many morons have gone before,
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: by all means, I, I like to check in on these things and get the pulse, you know, cause I, I see them in the Twitter feed and the official postings from Star Trek or Paramount or whatever. And I go look at the comments and, um. I mean, I'm sure some people are going to buy these things because there are a lot of idiots out there, but in general, the online zeitgeist on these things is, this is horrible. I can't believe you're doing this.
0: (laughs) We don't call them idiots, Brian. We call them speculators. Right. They're digital speculators. And yeah, this is the dumbest thing, but you know... I just we, we've talked about NFTs enough. We'll talk about them a little bit more later. But uh, yeah, this is not not a bright move from the top brass at Paramount. But they see money, Jason. <laughs> they do see money. I was going to say, if it's anything like it used to be, that's all that
2: matters. And I saw a really interesting article o- over at Slate called "The Worst Part of Working from Home Is Now Haunting Reopened Offices." And you know, the gist of this is basically there's been a push to hybrid. Nobody's really trying to force anybody back full time unless jobs actually. Physically require you being there. It's funny because all of this debate online is really about us like like white collar workers, blue collar Mm -hmm. workers have been going to work, will continue to go to work and will always go to work. So it's a very, uh, it's a very, you know, airy subclass that basically is having this huge debate. But anyways, it's, it's the one that we're in. So we'll continue to (laughs) talk about it. Uh, A lot of people have returned to their offices for some or all of the week, and they found that they're the only ones there, (laughs) or others are staying and staying isolated in their offices, and they're still having all their communication over email, Slack, or Zoom. So, as a result, they're spending the time commuting to and from the office, purchasing the uh, outrageously increased lunch prices from the very few places that are still open around your office. And uh, still just kind of sitting there and doing exactly what she would have done at home. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Now that I've got that office that uh, I'm renting, the first floor of the building, it's a pretty big building, um, is a massive like hair care conglomerate. Mm-hmm. And since I've been going there, I've been seeing the, uh, we got a big open courtyard where people go out and have lunch. Uh, and I've noticed it, it getting, Gradually more and gradually more and gradually more as as the weeks of, are progressing here. Mm-hmm. So I think people are coming back because when I first got the place, it was a it was just a ghost town. Right. You know, you go by the cafeteria and there's like literally one person there, and it's the janitor cleaning the seats. <laughs> it was it was pretty sad. Now it's now it's uh, starting to bump a bit. It's starting good. to bump.
2: So good. Yes, we are having a very privileged argument yes. over the, uh, the
0: who's going to go to work thing.
2: Yeah. And then the other art bit of the article kind of just gets into, you know, it's, it's really coming down to how difficult, difficult it actually is to get uh, people to commit to synchronized schedules. So you're actually having people come in at the same time, particularly people that actually, you know, would interface and interact with each other and you would get those benefits. And I, I find that's a struggle in, in my own company as well. There's a lot of people that just don't want to come in and then you're, you're just trying to go like, okay, can you do Tuesday? Well, this person can't do Tuesday, but I need you two in here together figure something out and that's kind of where everything's at right now
0: can't you buy a corporate uh account for calendly and have uh, just everybody
2: figure it out yeah we could pretty simple little service there well the problem is every time that i try to make this big push with the company another wave hits We're, we're actually in what they're calling the sixth wave here so there's a lot of pushback about like i don't want to get on public transport and i don't want to do all that right now so we'll try it all again once this subsides and before the next one Uh, The Sixth Wave sounds, you know, decidedly dystopian. It really does.
0: (laughs) I know. Uh, Speaking of dystopia, we've talked about the death of retail on this show for the length of the show. And uh, we're usually pretty early, but man, we were really early on that one. Kmart is down to three stores. They're still hanging on. I think we predicted that they would be gone five years ago by now. But they're hanging on tooth and nail.
2: One can argue that if you're down to three stores, you're pretty much done. I mean, there used to be one in every single town, sometimes more yeah. than one. No, there used to be
0: several, <laughs> several in every single town. We're getting down to the part where uh, they're going to have their own documentary, a la Blockbuster. But uh, yeah, I mean, it makes me a little bit sad because I learned to shoplift at Kmart. There's always Target, Jason. No, There was no Target when I was a kid, and it's too bright in there now. And now they have surveillance, which is just not fun, not fun. But I, I learned, I learned my dark arts, stealing Zoids and penny racers,
2: because they were small enough to fit in your pocket when you were like seven or eight. Right. I, I have no idea what penny racers are or Zoids for that matter, but I know nerds.
0: Yes, and yeah, nerds are the other thing that I stole too. Uh, thanks for reading the show notes where I didn't. Um, oh no problem. That's uh, yeah. That's the only thing that has survived. Yeah, exactly. Uh, nerds are the only thing that survived from back then. Penny racers were these tiny little cars that, you, that had the springs in that you would pull back and let them go. Oh, my kid has one of those. Yeah, but if you put a these were really small and you could put a penny in the back of them and then they'd do wheelies and tricks. Oh, okay. They were cool. Cool. Yeah. And Zoids were these uh, little dinosaur robots that you would wind up, but they uh, just had, you know, just different types. They were just dinosaurs that were mechs, basically. They were pretty cool. I thought they were fun, but uh, I, I put some links in the show notes for uh, the oldsters if you want to go get some <laughs> pictures and relive it. But yeah, speaking of robbery, uh, Jack Dorsey's first tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember when Jack's first tweet went on sale as an oh, NFT, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, the guy that bought it, uh, he put it back on sale and I uh, thought it was going to go for like $48 million. Well, it ended at $280. Even for that, I'd have
2: bought it. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, come on. Just to say. Well, I mean, is this surprising? Least it's a screenshot. And it's Jack. Ew. In the
0: news. Brian, not since the slap have we had so much amateur discourse on the internet uh, than Elon Musk and his rotating Twitter trolling, shenanigans, whatever you want to call them. Yep, It just never seems to end. And every single podcast I turn on now, I, I was listening to Cal Newport's podcast this morning. Cal mm-hmm. Newport, the guy who says, you know, don't get distracted. He distracted me for 20 freaking minutes with his opinion on Elon Musk on Twitter's board, which means that Somebody should have pulled that chunk before it went to air because they recorded it, obviously, when Elon was still going to be on the board. That was annoying because it came out this morning. Come on, Cal. You can do better. But it's gotten to the point where I I, I stopped. I don't care anymore. Do you care anymore? Or did you even ever care?
2: I care because so many people revere and look up to and see Elon Musk as a role model while I see him as a man child who has way too much money. Um, he may be a genius, mm-hmm. but he's actually a sociopath asshole. And the fact that so many people look up to him and his shenanigans and think that this is somewhat genius, gives me great sadness for the state of humanity. <laughs> so insofar as I don't give a flying fuck what he does, um, and I still have Tesla stock, so I suppose I slightly care. Um, no, I, 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 I follow it just because it saddens me. It's sadness porn, Jason. This is like my version of watching. Uh, since Game of Thrones left the air, this is what I've got left. We need to
0: just rename him Elon Snow. It's perfect. <laughs> I wish he would die. Casey Newton's latest piece. He had one line that just had me really, really going. But you can know you're dealing with a top tier chaos Muppet and still find yourself unprepared for the next turn of events. I love that Elon is now a top-tier chaos
2: muppet. I I agree (laughs) with that. I have heard that. You know, I mean, all right. So Tesla is arguably, you know, a very good company. They they make very good cars. They do a lot of things. Um, I think that they would be doing a lot better if they had a board of directors that actually had some influence over Elon or if... Even better still, Elon just kind of steps away from operation instead of doing kind of this Jack Twitter thing that he's doing, where he's kind of sort of being involved with Twitter, but or Twitter, well not Twitter too, uh, with Tesla, <laughs> but not really. But then he's also got SpaceX, and then he's also got you know, baby mama drama, and he's also got the wait, don't don't forget the uh, the monkeys playing uh, brain pong.
0: Don't forget that one.
2: Right. Got to have right. that. <laughs> and, and now, you know, I, I saw this morning he's launching a hostile takeover of Twitter. So, you know, he didn't want to... He violated SEC rules by buying way too much stock, and there's going to be tons of lawsuits about that from shareholders. Uh, then he, then he you know, was going to be on the board, and then he, you know, got himself off the board in the most lame-ass way possible, and apparently I, it's too much. I, I, I don't care enough, and it's taking... He's, Elon is the new Trump in that you cannot get away from him, and it takes up too much headspace. And I don't want this in my head any more than I wanted Trump in my head every day. Everything seems to be designed to get himself in the news cycle and make sure everybody hears his goddamn name because he's a sociopath narcissist every fucking 10 seconds. And I'm tired of it. Put him in jail. He broke a lot of rules. Fine him. Do something preach do something to him him. don't let him keep running rampant doing whatever the fuck he wants somebody be a goddamn fucking adult okay that's how i feel about it jeez
0: ryan i figured it out he is sucking all the oxygen out of the room so he can fucking take it with him to mars that's where it's going that's why everybody is so loopy and lightheaded now he's actually stealing the oxygen for his evil plan let's get him
2: let's get him well we'll see Uh, If you happen to be a Twitter shareholder right now, and if Elon Musk is successful in this, I would expect there to be a bounce, Uh, but I would sell it immediately after said bounce. Just my personal advice. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of Twitter, we talked last week about the embedded uh, deleted tweets that just kind of did nothing and didn't say this tweet has been deleted or anything. They're they're talking about that and Twitter is a Try uh, reverted the change somehow or, or other. They're they're doing something. I don't really know. But the interesting thing I saw about this article was the idea originally was that if you embedded a tweet, even if you as a user deleted your own tweet, the embedded tweet would stay there forever. Which means mm-hmm. you're not deleting your tweet, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like if you if you're giving users the option to delete their tweets, but your thought behind the behind the feature of an embedded tweet was that if you deleted the tweet the embedded tweet would still be there because ceo jack dorsey stressed the role of the platform as a kind of public record that don't <laughs> offer fucking delete well I, here's the thing i think the whole kerfuffle is it just does it just needs to say this tweet has been deleted no i agree i and that i i'm sure that that's what they're going to do but like i said the interesting thing i saw that part of this article for me was the fact that they didn't want it to be that way initially. They wanted, mm. even if you deleted the tweet, the it, it, you would, anybody, if anybody anywhere embedded the tweet, that would stay there, even if you deleted it. Well, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> okay, now I get it. Yeah, that's absolutely fucking ridiculous.
2: Okay. <laughs> All right. I saw this article on uh, IFL Science and I thought it was funny. It's kind of a throwaway, not really like I don't buy most of this crap anyways, but uh, impulsive psychopaths like crypto. Research shows how dark personality traits affect Bitcoin enthusiasm. Uh, Mostly, duh, but yeah, (laughs) they get into this whole dark tetrad that they call with our four personality traits, uh, Machiavellianism, narcissism and psych psychopathy plus sadism and how they basically all line up with people that are super into crypto.
0: Okay. Well, here's another one where I'm getting vindicated by IFL science, because did I not say probably a year ago that crypto is a mental disorder?
2: Yep. yep there
0: we go. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying.
2: And then Just on the heels of saying. that, I saw the, this article, The Growing Lightly Controversial Industry Teaching Kids Crypto. I would say if more people knew about it, it would be less than lightly controversial. I think it would be very controversial. So here we are talking about it. Uh, this summer in L.A., dozens of children aged 5 to 17 will attend the third ever session of Crypto Kids Camp. We'll they'll learn about everything from artificial intelligence to virtual reality using hand-on games and activities. Uh, but this is obviously a lot of Web3 stuff and a lot of crypto stuff. It's a week-long camp, which costs 500 bucks. therefore... Uh, uh, I'm already placing a burden and a specific type of person that would be able to afford said camps. Uh, Dividing kids into four age groups and has them spend a set amount of time on different tech modules that follow the acronym. Again, I would like to remind everybody that this camp includes five-year-olds. They're teaching them the acronym BEAST MODE. Blockchain Evolution of Money. Artificial intelligence, security, cyber, technology slash virtual reality, mining and machine learning, online games, drones, and engineering.
0: Beast mode. You know, some nerd got such a hard on when he finally finished coming up with that acronym. Or, I know. or she. Really, or they. Or, or they. Z. Or. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, who the fuck ever? This is the one article in this week's show notes, Brian, that got me physically angry, like I agitated.
2: Was, well, I'm, I'm particularly upset as I have a five year old who will never be taking any of these courses whatsoever. Um, I'm also worried because they're this is starting to just basically expand online as well, not just camps. Uh, children's media has also capitalized on Web three. Zigazoo, a TikTok like platform for ages three. To 12 <laughs> is releasing NFT collaborations with recognizable YouTube sensations such as Coco Melon Blippy and Serena Williams' Kai Kai universe. If you have a kid, you know at least one, if not two, if not all of those. So great. Now my kid is going to want a Blippy NFT. Hmm. We're trying to teach kids by... about digital yep. and financial literacy <laughs> and empower them to create their own art and go build the future of the web, says Zigazoo founder Zach Ringelstein. Zach, fuck you.
0: <laughs> Your kid's going to grow up and like turn the household into a DAO and you're going to have to like buy tokens to to pay for his uh uh what do you call it his, his fucking trucks uh his
2: allowance you're basically going to have to give him allowance tokens so he can... unbelievable also part of this brave yes. new world crypto only virtual piggy banks for kids books and youtube explainers with titles like C is for cryptocurrency and an NFT based kids TV show starring tiny plush cactuses. C is for con artist kids. I know. I uh, liked the end of this article. Perhaps some have argued that what kids need is better education about more stable methods of investing.
0: You, well, you know, if you do get desperate, Brian, you can send him off to camp at least. <laughs> You know, I mean, if you just give up one day, if, if it turns out that everything that we've ever known is wrong and you go, damn, kid, you should get on that NFT bandwagon that I missed, you have a place to send him.
2: Right. Thank God I got that season zero Star Trek ship. It's worth five cents now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At least he's not an Etsy seller. So he, he has uh, he's avoided yeah. that so far. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a bunch of sellers are basically going on strike to uh say that hey etsy you're charging too much because they're raising their rates and it's confusing people and making them angry and you know business business so yeah yeah um okay then leave i guess (laughs) or strike you can strike but i mean the thing is they got to keep the lights on so sometimes you got to raise prices shit i can't i can't even buy like ground beef for under 10 bucks now so suck it up etsy people That's all I got to (laughs) say. Or get a Stripe account and
2: sell it yourself and do all the marketing work. Exactly. It's a mall. They built a mall. They're raising their rents. Yeah. Yeah. it, It happens. Well, Meta is going to close a loophole in its doxing policy in response to the Oversight Board. I am only pointing this out because I believe this is the first time that the Oversight Board has done anything and Meta has decided to listen to them. Wow. Uh, I know. That is a first. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Meta, uh, unlike decisions around whether specific posts should be taken down or left up, Meta is free to completely disregard public policy proposals from the Oversight Board. But is required to respond to each recommendation individually, which one would argue, what's the fucking point of having an oversight board if they don't have to do anything? PR. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that's That's why they did it. That's (laughs) it. Yeah. So this has to do with uh, users will be able to share photos of the exterior of private homes when the property depicted is the focus of the news story, except when shared in the context of organizing protests against the residents. So this is all about posting photos of people's homes online. And OK, and when they're allowed to do it, as in if it's an actual somewhat of a news story or a politician or high ranking government official in a publicly owned official residence.
0: OK, mm-hmm. hmm. can't you just I mean, you could go to court and say, look, we were, we were making future news. <laughs> so it, it technically would be news if we were allowed to show up in protest, then we would be on the news. But, you know, they are so they're they're kind of going against their uh, their own recommendations temporarily yeah as it were because
2: <laughs> <laughs> we need the time props. it would
0: be news if we were allowed to show up call call Jean-Claude Van Damme everybody get it. get him on the horn please
2: now what i thought was particularly interesting about this is one of the recommendations from the board was that it would make a change that makes it easier for doxing victims to get help more quickly because i don't know if you've ever tried to use facebook's customer service it is non-existent and impossible and they basically said no nope, we're not going to do that nope Nope. Okay. No way we're going to help people that actually got screwed. Not going to do that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on. They are just recommendations, Brian. They don't
2: have to do anything. And uh, we had an interesting occurrence with a GM cruise and self-driving unit, which has been offering public taxi rides in San Francisco. And for the most part, it seems the service hasn't run into any notable problems until uh, last weekend when one of the company's vehicles left police, uh, confused by its response to a routine traffic stop. Yes, the police attempted to pull over a driverless cruise vehicle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when the car decided to basically take off instead of pull over. <laughs> so okay. uh, there, there's video of this. It's quite amusing. Uh, <laughs> the, the cruise commented on the clip, stating its vehicle yielded to police and tried to move to the nearest safe location for that traffic stop. Yeah. Uh, Cruz has said that the, we work closely with the San Francisco Police Department on how to interact with our vehicles, including a dedicated phone number for them to call in situations like this. So basically, <laughs> auto manufacturers that are creating self-driving cars have to give manuals or have eight, 1-800 numbers for the police for how they deal with them. Oh, this isn't going to last very long. No. uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. <laughs> you know
0: what the cops are going to want? Real, just sh- real soon.
2: Uh, a, big red, a button,
0: big red button. They big need a kill fucking button. Fucking red button. Yep, yep. That's yeah. it. And I agree that they should have one. A hundred percent. I agree that I agree that the cops should have one. The uh the people inside the car should have one because I know they're taking away the steering wheels. But is there an oh shit button? We've never yep. discussed the oh shit button. Everything there needs, needs to be an oh no shit button. button. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, yeah, this isn't going to last very long, especially yeah. if, you know, just through random happenstance, the car goes, no, 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 I'm going to, stop. I'm going to stop over here. I'll see you in a minute. Yeah, wait, I'll wait for you to catch up. That doesn't yeah. fly with uh, law enforcement, at least last time I checked.
2: Yeah. And finally, in a news that seems to be being greeted as a good thing, but I see is the final nail in the coffin and the. The actualization of the commercialization of space. The first all-civilian space crew is docked with the ISS. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a fully private space crew, including commander and former NASA astronaut, and then a bunch of businessmen. They'll mm-hmm. conduct science experiments along with outreach and commercial activities. So, if you're rich, space is the place. Minting some NFTs in space. Yeah, Yeah. and this is Axiom Space's first mission, AX-1, the first of several private ISS missions the company plans to launch in the coming years. It will build the first commercial module on the space station, as well as a module that houses a sports arena and a film studio.
0: They better hurry the fuck up, because I don't know if they've caught the news on the timeline for the ISS decommission, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's going to be decommissioned by the time they get fucking Space Stadium done. What they really need up there is a podcast studio. Are you hungry? I am. Which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouth-watering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie-smart, keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, factors got you covered. And there's more. Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factors' chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need, whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to Factormeals.com slash Grumpy50 and use code Grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code Grumpy50 at Factormeals.com slash Grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. This episode is sponsored by Mood. 420 celebrations come in all shapes and sizes, just like the many ways to enjoy your THC. Mood offers just the right buzz with their federally legal flower, gummies, vapes, and more, helping you find the perfect high. Mood is offering our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just head over to hellomood.com and use our exclusive code GOG. Mood's latest introduction, the THCA flower, is a game changer, offering the classic cannabis high with a twist. With 10 high-inducing strains, it's their most potent lineup yet. What's even better is that all Mood products are extracted from hemp, making them federally legal, and are regularly tested to ensure the highest quality. Sourced from small family farms, you're getting a product that's effective and pesticide-free. I tried several of their products from the uplifting Energized to the Mellow Chill, and I must say, each provided a unique enjoyable high. My favorite? Definitely the creative strain. It sparked an incredible flow of ideas and got me through my daily projects with ease. Whether you're new to THC or a seasoned aficionado, mood has something for every vibe. Their in-house experts have tailored different strains to match specific moods, offering a range of products to suit any preference. From delectable gummies to classic flower and convenient pre-rolls, there's a multitude of ways to enjoy moods offerings. Celebrate 420 exactly how you want to with mood. Get 20% off your first order plus a free THCA pre-roll at hellomood.com with promo code GOG. That's hellomood.com. Code GOG. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. One more time, that's joindeletem dot com slash GOG with code GOG at checkout. Media Candy. So, Brian, the other night, I'm sitting down to do some emails. I got a ton of emails to get through from when people were writing me when I first had my stroke because it's the last thing I want to do is think about it and get back to those emails. So I figured if I have to be in pain, let's make it complete. So I put on the movie Moonfall that you – thoroughly trounced last episode why would you do that to yourself (laughs) because i don't trust you anymore brian after the discovery debacle of season four i give zero zero credence to your reviews
2: well i believe i i I believe just from the notes that you've put in here i've re-earned your trust
0: no you haven't (laughs) because i think i think with moonfall Moonfall is one of those movies that if you get the joke, you kind of know what the movie is going to be. But if you don't and you try and take it seriously, it's going to be the stupidest fucking thing ever. What you have to know about this is if you'd seen it at the beginning, it would have explained everything. There's a secret code that happens at the the pre-credits when they show all the produced by credits. If you see the Centropolis blimp, you are in for two hours of just kick back, get some popcorn and not give a fuck a tood. These are the guys that wrote Independence or made Independence Day. Uh, I know all that it was still horrible, okay <laughs> It was horrible, but here 's the thing ever since Independence day they 've been trying to recapture their destruction of the world glory over and over and over again, and it just gets more comical every iteration so it's it's you just have to know the progression and then you then it 's just funny as shit if you 're in on the joke because when they finally had the moon rolling off of the entire planet i'm like okay they've upped the game they've done well this time <laughs> i mean it's just it gets to the point it is just so ridiculous i laughed my ass off i had a great time with this movie all right well <laughs> i mean at the beginning the, according to my notes the the stupid fat kid of course because of course the fat guy has to be the the one he's basically playing a fat jeff goldblum in this one right. um he asks what would elon do of course you know which i'm sure made you try to buy twitter throw some (laughs) yeah did you (laughs) i figured you were going to throw something at the tv for that one uh the cat's name was fuzz aldrin that was funny i thought it was cute the whole mega structure thing was fucking stupid but that was the key of the thing but i did you notice how many kaspersky uh product placements were in here? i did i did Mm -hmm. they were everywhere Mm -hmm. um of course ai they had to throw that in there but um all in all, it was so terrible that I just laughed my ass off while I was doing the emails. It okay. actually perked me up. All right, <laughs> so well, we can agree
2: it was terrible.
0: <laughs> it was terrible, but I got way more out of it than you did. I think because yes. I enjoyed it. I did not enjoy it one bit. And and uh, the car chase scenes, I'm like, oh, those are the effects Brian was talking about that were totally 90s. I'm like, wow, that's bad. Yeah, that's really bad. Yep. Okay, so uh, Netflix is back in the news with adding a two thumbs up button instead of one thumbs up when one thumb just won't do. Can they add a thumb up the ass button? As soon as we get to five thumbs, then we're back to where we started. Yeah, then they'll just (laughs) go back to one star. Progression. (laughs) It it is. They're going to eke back up to five thumbs. Right. I'm telling you. So, and then they'll Uh. go to one star to to simplify things, and then the whole cycle will repeat again. It is the matrix. It is just the matrix. I started to watch Upload. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I watched before I watched uh, Moonfall. It's, it's it's a nothing burger. There's just yeah. nothing. There's but nothing. But you know to what? You there.
2: It's too intellectual. So you had to downgrade to Moonfall. <laughs> and when Upload is too intellectual, you've got problems. That's a sad state <laughs> of affairs, my friend. That is a
0: very sad state of affairs.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's nothing. It, it's fine. It, it it ran in the background and did not upset me, which is about all I was asking for. It had a couple of good jokes.
0: Okay, <laughs> I, I did get very upset by Picard. Uh, it is just, yep. w- we need to have a drinking game where, you know, we go scene by scene. The first person to call out what movie or uh, novel that that scene was ripped off from mm-hmm. gets to, to tell everybody else to drink because that's, that's all it is. It's like, you can, you can backtrace this. It's like, they literally played darts with previous scripts and, and storylines from science fiction and are just making, making a mishmash.
2: They are assimilating the history of sci-fi for the Borg. And throwing in musical numbers for no reason whatsoever.
0: Thank God for fast forward.
2: I, I don't know if you saw in the news, but uh, um, um, Patrick Stewart's wife is going to be in an upcoming episode and she's a singer. So she's going to be oh. doing another musical number. Picard the musical.
0: I honestly didn't even know he was married.
2: My hopes for Perfect Card have, have dwindled. Um, it's it's not good. It's derivative. It's uninteresting. And given the subject matter that they had to work with, and the cast they have put together, it's I, I'm I'm so disappointing. You know, it's really sad though that that I thought about because
0: um, you you sent me the thing the, the other day that they had wrapped on season three already, which means. They can't go back and fix it from feedback. We're stuck unless they do some reshoots, which I doubt they'll do because they're too busy selling NFTs. Yep. Uh, Yeah,
2: it makes me sad. Well, on the plus side, the one great hope of Star Trek, Star Trek Lower Decks. I never thought I'd be saying that phrase. Uh, Season three trailer has been released. (laughs) Yay! Here's hoping it's the only good Star Trek out there.
0: Cerritos, the Cerritos could save us. You it's know, all we got left the the one starship where every every time I hear it, I think of Cerritos Auto Square.
2: <laughs> Cerritos Auto Square.
0: Of. I still have dot that commercial com. stuck
2: in my mind. Yep.
0: Yep. They added the .dot com now. I hear it all the time. It's a very sad thing. Also, sad is billions. Uh, I have I have one episode left. The finale is in the in the tube, but it's it's really hard to get to it. Uh, me and my roommate both are having a hard time with it because what I loved about that show they have destroyed. they have Brian discoveryified it. oh no, the entire show up until this season, the uh protagonist was a cutthroat vicious motherfucker. This guy was like swearingen in Deadwood right kill kill you as soon as look at you. the new guy one hundred and eighty degrees wants to talk everything about, his about feelings. feelings everything about feelings (laughs) i shit you not every character feelings 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 everywhere They, they they've ruined it they have ruined it so you know i used to like those guys a lot The the team behind it but uh yeah no more sorry you're done you're done okay uh, I did watch the new uh, documentary Tony Hawk until the wheels fall off. Did you get a chance to watch that one or any plans to? I'm not a skateboarder, so this has zero interest to me. Okay. It's, uh, it's actually not so much about skateboarding, which is pretty cool. Just top level athlete shit, which is pretty interesting. Right. And you know, his history. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. There's a good Wall Street Journal article that'll be in the show notes too. It talks about Mr. Hawk, who I have. I think I got my first autograph from Tony Hawk when I was 12 years old at Mount Trashmore.
2: I love his Twitter feed about not being rec- uh, being semi recognized. Like everybody says, you kind of look like Tony Hawk. Oh, it's great! <laughs> yeah, it's so funny.
0: I've been watching Queen of the South. Okay. Throw you know you know how you like crapper sci fi. Yep. Queen of the South definitely crapper TV. <laughs> uh, I we only started watching it because uh, there was a big thing on Netflix. It said season five Queen of the South now playing, and my roommate watched them when they were on regular on usa so she was like all excited for a second and she, I'm like, she's like oh wait a minute they finished that and turns mm-hmm. out yep they're just playing the last season over but we got into it i'm two season two and a half seasons in crapper tv great right. <laughs> if you like burn notice i guess you'd like this it's kind of the same quality and aesthetic i did start to watch the outlaws last night have you seen the trailers for that uh, it's an amazon no. prime one no i have not Ah. Uh, Okay, it's got, uh, it's, uh, was it Stephen Merchant? It's one of his new shows. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you like Stephen Merchant, which I do believe you do, I do. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. probably like it. It's okay. also got Christopher Walken in it. So, oh, wow. It, cool. You have to watch it now. I guess I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a BBC show about uh, seven people who are on community service for various crimes. When I saw that this was coming, I got really excited because I thought that they were remaking an old BBC show called misfits i remember that one yeah it was the it was kind of the same premise a bunch of people on community service and there's an electrical storm and they all get superpowers but they're all degenerates and crappy people it's awesome it is one of the greatest (laughs) shows ever made (laughs) which is why i was so excited that they were remaking it with christopher walken but they're not it's a completely different show right it's funnier so check it out i watched the first episode last night and i enjoyed it Um, it's, it's got that, that lovely British sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's, all. yeah. The Warner brothers discovery deal closed. Who cares?
2: That's an interesting one to me because that's, there's three significant, (laughs) they've got three different pay networks that are now, what are they going to do? Are they going to roll them into one? Are they going to try to keep them separate? I, I don't know what's going on here. Is it, you know, is HBO max going to get maxer? by getting CNN and discovery. I don't know. It's one of those things
0: where it's just big boys playing with monopoly cards, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. okay. All it comes down to is where does the bill go that month? You know, yeah. although it is funny that John Oliver can now make even more fun of AT&T.
2: Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh yeah. And good. speaking of the bill coming, i apparently uh, the twenty. 20- 22 World Cup is coming, which is great. It's going to, they've just managed to make it more and more expensive. I'm going to have to pony up big bucks to be able to watch all the games. That's just what it sounds like. Uh, At least in the US, Fox Sports has confirmed it will stream all 64 matches live through its app. The first match takes place November 21st. Of course, you cannot use that app unless you've got the pay TV subscription. So, thanks. Double ding. (laughs) Yep. So uh, I'm I got to see what my Canadian options are here. Or I can always, I don't know. I've got to look into this. But uh, man, it's the biggest sporting event in the world, and you guys are just trying to screw us left, right, and center. Thanks. Well, if
0: if it only works in the U.S., you can send me a few bones. I'll set it up here and I'll point a video camera at the TV <laughs> and I'll stream it. All right. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> we'll Sounds great. On. I'll just keep that up.
2: Do you remember like way, how many years ago was it that we were still, we had like quick cams and we were watching some of the world cup games together from, cause they were we all like three Connecti- in the morning.
0: <laughs> yep. Connectics, quick cams. You were in, were you, were you in London or Venice? I was, in, I was Venice in Chicago. At the time. Yeah, You were in Venice. I was in Chicago. We just set up cameras and it was, it was just so we could see it. it we weren't even listening to the same game. Like, cause I had like Mexican radio on <laughs> to listen to it. And you were listening to some other thing, like, cause the radio is the only way to listen or to watch the game back then. It was just way more fun. Um, but yeah, we had, we had, this was when we had Pearl scripts and shit to just update every now and again, the picture on the, on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Good that times. was so much fun. And that, I, and I hated soccer back then, but I was just <laughs> like, you got me into watching it. And I watched all the games with you and we had the, you had the cameras out there. I was like.
2: Early two thousands. Yeah, I can't even remember anymore. It must maybe the Korean one? I don't know.
0: Anyways, that was the well. That was the same time at the same time when I talked about that AOL Instant Messenger BlackBerry that I would carry around. Yeah, I lived in the same place, so that was the level of technology we had back then. Giant <laughs> CRTs. Uh, I think I had a Mac G four. <laughs> it was great. It was the old days. Something that's not great though.
2: CNN plus, not doing so well. Yeah, that's definitely going to get rolled into something. It's not going to be standalone too much longer.
0: Yeah, Scott Galloway is having his quibby moment right now. <laughs> uh, they're cutting they're cutting bait fast. They're like, okay, this isn't working really badly. They, I mean, they expected millions of people in the first couple of years. So 10,000 after the first week or so is really not going to keep them on that track. Uh, I looked at it. There's literally
2: nothing I want to watch. Well, the thing is, the way it was kind of being sold at the beginning was, uh, okay, so will people pay uh, a a certain amount of money for hard-hitting news and politics? But they don't have any hard-hitting news or politics. They have opinion shows, which is what Mm -hmm. CNN and MSNBC and everybody else, Fox, is already streaming for... uh, not on a pay network or well, I guess you are paying for it. you're paying for cable, but not on a separate app that plus that you're paying even more for it, They didn't deliver on what they promised. Not that I'm sure that, that would have worked anyways, but this is just more of the same. It's, it's just more opinion pieces. No, thanks. Why would I pay for that?
0: I don't care about parenting with Anderson Cooper, you know, <laughs> none of that stuff. I looked at him, the interview stuff actually looked fairly interesting, but here's where they really screwed the pooch they gave away that that lifetime discount to 2.99 mm-hmm. a month for life, you know? Yep. Cuz it's usually 5.99. Yeah. What they didn't do was give a free trial like everybody else and then converted the stupid people who didn't cancel the trial like yep. everybody else. That's yep. how you start a streaming network.
2: You yep. give away access at the beginning. And you, you hope know? people forget that they paid for it and don't see the 2.99 charge. Yeah.
0: I mean, and then you start, you start talking about your, you know, your record download numbers a la uh, CBS All Access, yep. you know, just like they did. And then profit. Yeah. That's all you got to do.
2: And then profit. <laughs> Ups and doodads.
0: Uh, Susan writes in just got one echo unit. And my questions about horse racing stuck me in an Alexis study of media use. I think I asked for the study's personnel names, publication study methodology and authorizations and so on responses from echo asked me to state book movie preferences. Could tell me who is, could you tell me who is funding this? I tried uh, telling echo I'm sight impaired, but words like podcasts and audiobooks trigger movies and book questions. So I was like, I've never heard of the study thing. So I, I, I have no idea how to answer Susan's question. I'm sorry, Susan. Uh, this was just a segue. You were a segue to me today. Uh, I was going to get an, pull out an echo and try and see what this kerfuffle was all about. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, I gave them all to Brian. I have no more echoes. Then I would go to Amazon. I'm like, I have an office now. I can get my own echo and put it in my office because I have my safe space. Um, you cannot buy a lady in the tube anymore. They're gone.
2: It's uh, it's We're all lady- gone. It's ladies in a ball or ladies in a puck.
0: Yeah, you got you got balls, you got pucks, and you got video cameras. Yep. I don't want a video camera because I got nobody to video camera uh-uh. with. So why would I want to spend the money? The balls, I'm, I'm sure they don't sound as good as the old tubes do. Yep. Right.
2: Um. Right? No, the balls so. actually sound really good. Not gonna lie, they're pretty good. Oh, they do. You yep. have a ball? I do. I have two <laughs> balls. I've got two ladies in a ball.
0: All right. You got two ladies in a ball. You should let them out get some air. Yep. How are the microphones? Because that was always the problems with the dots. Microphones. You could are not good. get those things. No. Okay. I I
2: I as I, I'm about to go into a small rant here to, to kind of answer Susan's question. But if you're looking for something that just like to play music, uh the Echo Balls are fantastic. They are fantastic. Oh. They're really good. Echo is funded by Amazon. That's what happens here. And it's gotten significantly worse. It is probably, I, I definitely don't use it as much as a smart speaker anymore because it'll, I I'm starting to believe it, mis, it intentionally mishears you and just tries to funnel you to something that you can buy on Amazon, be it a, a, um, a subscription to a streaming television station or, um, a movie or a book that you can purchase. That's it, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. It really has. That's not good. Nope. So just use it as a speaker. That's that's what I do. I just play music on them at this point and ask ask about the weather. That's it. Okay. If you need to do any real research. Get out your laptop. Well, I think I think what got me about Susan's thing, it sounded like she was part of a research study
0: about horse racing. I that's that's what it sounded like to me from her email. But uh, I yeah, don't
2: I'm know. not. I don't entirely follow exactly what you're asking. So feel free to write us back, Susan, and clarify, 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 that. as it were.
0: But I think, I think uh, I'm think i going to stick with Google then, because everybody says Google's better if you're just going to use it as a smart speaker. I just need it as a smart speaker. I don't need the other yeah, hahs and goo So,
2: And what I really like as a smart speaker is the Sonos, which I'm using in the office, and it sounds great. And I was worried about Echo, but it's it's fantastic. It's, it's great. Uh, I don't have them at home. I might consider switching to that at some point. And they've got some news. Mm. They've acquired Mate, a Dutch startup best known for co-creating a Bluetooth speaker powered by light. I don't know how that works. Ooh, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you figured out the pronunciation
0: on, on, on that because I was like, hmm. Oh, I'm totally guessing. I
2: didn't like look at it. Oh, up okay. It really. yeah. <laughs> M-A-Y-H-T. Mate, hmm. that's what it sounds like to me. They specialize in an audio technology called heart motion. So light and heart motion. I don't claim to understand any of this, but they're saying that they can basically make speakers sound really, really good at 10 times more compact than other models uh, and without uh, sacrificing bass output, which I'm not entirely sure I believe. But Sonos did, and they're paying $100 million, so maybe the Sonoses will get smaller because they are pretty, they're, they're bricky, but they sound great. They sound great, and they're heavy as hell. Yeah, they are heavy. Yeah, I don't know
0: how they're going to keep the bass response the same. They, uh, how? I mean, it's about moving air. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found a really cool browser extension this week called Twemex or okay. Twemex, mm-hmm. either one. It uh, basically puts a little sidebar into your browser while you're surfing uh, Twitter on the web, which mm-hmm. I do quite often. And it gives you uh, a lot of like uh, quick search features that are really nice. If you just want to like dig down on somebody's Twitter profile and find stuff like uh, their most popular tweets or search just their tweets, it's
2: a pretty cool mm-hmm. little little uh, add-on free for now. So go grab it. Check it out. And YouTube has told users that Picture-in-Picture should be available in a matter of days across all devices running iOS 15 or later. Now, I know the kids like to watch all their stuff on their tiny devices, but now you can have a tinier window. Yay! Yeah. Have you ever used Picture-in-Picture on iOS? I don't even use them on TVs. I watch one thing.
0: The problem with, it, 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 i it nobody does it on purpose on iOS. It just happens, and you can't, you got to figure out how to get it back and get it gone. Oh, it, yeah, It yeah. happens that to me happens, all the time.
2: It happens to me all the time with the ESPN app. I'm not even trying to launch a video, and I accidentally do, and then I can't figure out how to get rid of it and get back to the article I wanted to read.
0: Yeah, so that's why I'm like, this. Is, why would YouTube tell everybody about this? This <laughs> sounds like a pain in the ass. I'm like, I don't want your picture-in-picture, picture, please. Well, iOS 16 will be coming soon. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be uh, doing more expanded focus modes work. Okay. And I just bring this up because I don't know if you've played with focus modes in iOS 15 yet. Have you? No. They are the most maddening... I just, I don't get this feature. It drives me crazy. It is synced across all my devices and it never knows when I'm awake, when I need to be disturbed, when I don't need to be disturbed, who's allowed to disturb me, what apps may disturb me, what apps (laughs) are not allowed to disturb me, who, what, when, where, why, how. It's crazy making.
2: I've stuck with do not disturb everyone or okay, everybody come and talk to me. That's it.
0: That's it. That's all I want. (laughs) Yeah. All I wanted was to be able to time do not disturb mode. And the rest of it, I want open season. That's it. And I can't figure it out. I'm, you know, I I guess my chops are just gone. I just cannot (laughs) figure this out anymore. It sucks. So it'll suck more in iOS 16. Progress. Fuckers. And speaking of progress, DuckDuckGo is in the news with a new beta browser.
2: Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. (laughs) Just great. I applaud the thought of DuckDuckGo. I just don't ever use it. Because the search results suck.
0: Yeah, they're not as good as Google's. No, that's the problem. It's like, okay, <laughs> let me let me let me think about this for a second. You have one job. I need that job done. You can't do that job. I'm not going to use your browser, sorry, or your search engine. They made the really strange decision to use WebKit instead of Chromium.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No plugins, then, like almost nothing. Where i like, I can't live without my plugins. I. There's there's not a reason to have a browser that can't that it, it can't have plugins, you know. So mm-hmm. I I don't think this thing's going to be a flash in the pan, but uh, who knows? Who knows? They say they did it because they want to own the stack. Yeah. Okay.
2: Good for them. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's about it. Yeah. That's all yeah. I got. Good luck, DuckDuckGo. And uh, Barrett writes in for and I, we put this in the from what could possibly go wrong files. New Speedo- or Speedcam speed cam app lets anyone anywhere submit evidence of drivers speeding.
2: Awesome. And that was sarcasm. Did you read the comments? This is unbelievable. Yeah. This is vigilantism as a service is between citizen and this. Just stop it, people. You, don't yeah. turn everybody into the fucking old grannies screaming, get off my lawn. Let the fucking trained professionals handle this shit. Also, uh, you know, you're driving. Put down your fucking camera. Stop, stop filming me and sending it into speed cam anywhere. God damn it. <laughs> at the
0: library Ooh. i don't know what got me started on this brian but i went back and i found a copy of anthony robbins personal power to the driving force from the 90s
2: you mean the types of books that we scream at people not to read and
0: yeah yes yeah, okay. general self-help books yep. i wanted to go back and listen to because i when it came out i Basically, uh I busted my ass to buy that thing. It was like two hundred and eighty dollars oh, when it God. first came out. And you could get a, you could get a payment plan. Mm-hmm. came on cassettes. Mm-hmm. I got the cassette version, so I could put it put the cassettes in my walkman or play it in my car and drive around and get my personal power too. Mm-hmm. And it is really interesting to go back and hear Tony Robbins self help from the, the mid 90s and then knowing what i know about self help now compare it and contrast it to you know the whole the whole genre the
2: evolution of the bullshit industry
0: exactly it exactly it because after i bought the, the, the two second history lesson after i bought personal power 2 spent all that money got hounded from collections them in columbia house they, the same people were coming <laughs> after me my <laughs> seven copies of rem's uh, out of time uh, document
2: that, that I, yeah, that
0: basically, uh, I got seven of the same one. So I'd always have one and they always wanted me to buy more and they sued. And of course, anyway, I was so disillusioned with self-help that, you know, for the past, what, 25 or oh, 30 years, I've been following it and debunking it wherever possible. It, it's the same damn story over and over again. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's crazy. They literally are telling the same story. They're yeah. just, they're just, they basically bought a thesaurus.
2: Yeah, and, and they come they come up with a catchy acronym or something, you know, mm-hmm. Beast Mode. Beast
0: Mode. <laughs> and here's 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 where I found the proto uh, self help because I was just uh, bouncing around. Everybody's a everybody's a fucking stoic nowadays. If you go back and read Letters from a Stoic by Seneca, the first chapter you will find ten tenants that Tony Robbins ripped off for Personal Power too. Fast forward to now. You've got, uh, was it Ryan Holiday doing the same thing? It is just a perpetual cycle over and over again. So I got four CDs or four tapes worth in, and I, I cut the experiment because it, it proved itself that self-help still is bullshit, no matter
2: what. The more what fascinating thing to me is you have a cassette player still.
0: Dude, you didn't see the cassette player I got?
2: I don't think so, No.
0: <laughs> oh my god oh, okay i gotta I'll, I'll dig up a picture and send it to you i have a mint condition ge tape player that we all had you know with the handle and everything and the built-in yeah, yeah. speaker i it can see it now c battery yeah. <laughs> i got one mint condition at a garage sale that's amazing with the built-in mic or not the built-in but the external microphone too wow it's awesome okay <laughs> it is awesome uh, and, and this is one of the rare ones that you can find that somebody, somebody's batteries didn't, uh, explode. That's always the problem. You, you find them and then you flip it over and you look in the back and it's all melted because somebody's battery exploded in the seventies. Like, right. damn it. Anyway, I got a real book. I'm reading The Broken Room by Peter Clines. Mm-hmm. I came across this book because we were talking about Brandon Sanderson last week Yeah, and I misattributed the ex-heroes. Uh, stories to Brandon Sanderson uh, he did Steelheart which we were oh, reading right. at about the same time as X-Heroes so I, yeah, I we... always got those mixed up
2: yeah those both like came out around the same time or uh, we at least read both series around the same time so I've never been able to keep the two straight in my mind
0: <laughs> yeah same here yeah they kind of interleaved because they were coming out there's like a multiple books in each series and they were just kind of they would drop back and forth and it's like which one are we watching today I don't know <laughs> So I got some links in the show notes to Steelheart and uh, Peter Klein's and Brandon Sanderson's websites. But um, uh, The Broken Room, Peter Klein's loves rooms in his, <laughs> in his books. Uh, he, his one book that I really loved uh, was 14, uh, which was just about a, a really crazy uh, apartment with Cthulhu-type space aliens. It was all, I, I love his books. He, he loves time travel, and he loves a room. Give him time travel in a good room <laughs> in a multi-universe thing, you're set. All right. Uh, and this book is this book, this new book, I'm three quarters of the way through and I'm loving it like the other books. I'm a huge fan of Peter Klein, so um, might be a little tainted, but I'll, I'll give you the, the skinny on the ending next week if it was a thumbs up or down. But so far, I'd say I love this book. It's a super thumbs up.
2: Cool. I'm working on a sci-fi book. Hopefully it'd be done by next week.
0: Security. Ha! We are back. Again, with Mr. Dave Bittner. He is the host of the CyberWire podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan. And finally, he's the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy.
1: Hello, Dave. Hello. Hello, gents. Good to be back. Hello. Sadly, no Star Wars talk this week. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Nothing Star Wars-y to talk about. Yep. You already missed us
0: bagging on Star Trek, so there's... (laughs)
1: no good news ah okay all right i just started watching picard the second season so i'm one episode in so we'll see where that takes us
0: okay okay yeah (laughs) listen listen to the show for spoilers Uh, (laughs) yeah uh uh, there was some interesting tv on though john oliver covered data brokers this week uh did you guys get a chance to check that out
2: I did.
1: Oh, it was, we, it was heavily covered on caveat this week. It was Ben's story. Uh, yes, it was deliciously delightful, wasn't it?
2: Well, it's always yes. nice when something that, you know, we've all been screaming about for years and years and years um, hops into the mainstream, as it were. And it's mm-hmm. both a combination of uh, really again, and then finally, maybe somebody will actually listen because they are certainly not listening to us.
0: <laughs> and i'm thinking yeah all i all i can think of is this asshole is going to get all the credit we've been doing this for 10 years jerk yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah. uh, but what i yeah. what i dearly loved about it is it uh, it's to the point that you've continually made on on this show and i'm sure elsewhere uh dave um politicians don't care until it affects the it affects them directly and john oliver took it to them mm-hmm. i mean not as much as i would have yeah. liked i would have liked him to name names but I'm sure he would have been taken off the air and sued in, out of existence if he did that. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, like I, I wonder, I wonder what'll happen next. What, what is like if if he gets no response? Because I haven't seen anything in terms of any response from from Congress people. Yeah. And so I wonder what happens next. He must. I suspect he has some sort of. Escalation plan in
2: mind <laughs> right I'm sure they, uh, they do not go into these things lightly they they follow things through to the bitter end, so yeah, yeah. no, when I saw him going
1: down that path, and I was thinking to myself he's going to do it, he's going to do it,
2: yeah, <laughs> he sure will yeah. spend the money, and they will get the data, and they will they will <laughs> yeah, it was just great i I was howling, laughing,
1: yeah, my fear is that instead of going after the problem, they'll go after him. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, they'll try to go after him for, you know, I don't know, blackmailing them or, you know, so they'll come (laughs) up with some sort of find some Rico charge way to go after him or something rather than just so that he can't reveal the secrets rather than fixing the underlying problem. But that's just my cynicism peeking through.
2: I almost wouldn't mind that because it would then take it to the court systems. And then he can prove that, like, I did nothing illegal. I purchased things and. I managed to de-identify them because I had, I had enough data points and all of this is right. legal. And all of these companies, I mean, that was kind of the whole point is like, this is legal and these companies are allowed to do it. So now I just targeted specific people because that's the target interest that I had.
1: Yeah. And wouldn't discovery be interesting in a case like that? hmm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to wherever it goes next, but uh, it's unfortunate that, that it has to happen that way. For perhaps for things to change, but uh, I'm glad uh, John Oliver's out there doing it because hopefully it'll lead to something. Yep.
0: Yeah, he's got a bigger budget and better lawyers. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
1: that's right. I wonder how if it's if it's fun. Uh, you know, what what is his team of lawyers like, right? Like, <laughs> it, it must take a certain type of lawyer because you know it, it, how many times do they say you want to do what? <laughs> <laughs>
2: we have to prepare for what?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. I,
0: I, I like I'd like to think of it as back in the old web days, and John Oliver is kind of like the sales team. And the lawyers are kind of like the engineering team. He's out (laughs) doing crazy shit and comes back and tells us what to do. And we're like, you did what? You told him we could do 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 what? (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Computers can't do that yet. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I said they did. So now we're going to have to figure out how. (laughs) Yep. Build it.
0: That's pretty much where we Mm -hmm. get to. Like, build it. Mm -hmm. Oh, so I thought this one was pretty uh, interesting. It's making the rounds. I, well, I, it, it kind of made the rounds. I couldn't find a whole lot of attribution on this one. Maybe you can help me out, Dave. But it's about mm-hmm. uh, Ukrainians are using Find My iPhone to find out where the Russians who stole their phone are actually traveling to. And in, in this one case, in this article, uh, where they're retreating to and they're being able to mm-hmm. see where, where all of their, their gear has gone. Uh, did you guys cover <laughs> any of this? Have you been able to uh, fact check it a little better?
1: I don't know. No, I don't, I don't know. I've, I saw this story come by, but it wasn't something that we spent very much time on other than it was a whole bunch of stories like this of mm-hmm. all of the, the new and interesting ways that uh, Russian troop movements have been tracked in this modern age. And this is certainly one of them. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's also interesting because um, they didn't take down the Russians didn't take down the cellular networks. And there was a lot of speculations because they needed them. They yeah. were relying on them for <clears throat> communications because their communications were so bad, um, and that's been a, a a way to track them.
0: Yep, they got to keep the gram going. Got to keep them grams mm-hmm. coming. <laughs> you know, that's the way it works.
1: Yeah, uh, just uh, co- sort of only tangentially related. Uh, this past week, I, I attached a. Um, Uh, an AirTag to my father's car keys because he lost his car keys twice in two weeks and uh, several hundred dollars later of reprogramming (laughs) remote controls for cars and so on and so forth. And Finding the old ones and blah, 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 blah. Uh, he now has an AirTag on his car keys and uh, he considers it a freaking miracle. So <laughs> he can he can look on his phone and there's a map that comes up and tells him where his car keys are. This is a great world to be living in.
2: And so, what a time to be alive. You
1: know, quite helpful. <laughs> well, and also <laughs> yeah. from his phone, he can make the little AirTag beep, right. which is helpful too because he just – you know, he would leave his keys in a pair of pants that he would hang in his closet and then and they'd be gone for a week. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Thing, so.
0: I actually used the beep on my AirTag yesterday because of my car keys. And specifically, oh. the AirTag fell out of the car keys and I had to use my phone to find the AirTag after it had fallen out of my car keys. I had my car keys with me, but as I was going into the sushi restaurant to pick up my order, it had alerted me that I had left my keys behind. And I'm like... New, oh. they're in my hand and when i got out of the jeep it uh it popped out and flew across to the other side and so i picked up my key i look sure enough had flown out of the uh protective silicone holder so i got home once i found it i used the little beep thing found it got it back home and then duct taped it to my keys so it won't fall <laughs> off again which i highly recommend you do too dave
2: high tech low tech elegant
0: solution <laughs> yep yeah i 18 yeah. that shit
1: <laughs> yeah Yeah. Yeah. His isn't a little like it's a little leather kind of old school leather kind of thing with a snap on it. So we'll see. Yeah. So it's turtles all the way down. Soon we'll be strapping air tags to our air tags to find our lost air tags.
0: Well, you got to put a tile to the air tag so you at least have. Right. (laughs) Right,
2: right. But now I've lost my phone and I can't find any of those things.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you can
0: use your watch to find your phone. I don't know where my watch is, man.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I thought it was noteworthy that uh, DuckDuckGo launched their own browser this week. Um, you know, <laughs> we, we, another, we collectively
2: shrugged at that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to
1: say, I mean, it's it's sort of, sort of another entry to the game. Right. But uh, I think they have the reputation and could perhaps move things forward. I'm I'm thinking of the person who's using Chrome or using Safari and is trying to think – is this worth switching over that maybe DuckDuckGo will help them?
2: The very rare people that use DuckDuckGo's search engine instead of Google. This this will attract those yeah, that, yeah. those five people. That's, yeah,
1: It's <laughs> a fair point. It's a fair point. <laughs> Nipping around the edges.
2: But, I mean, mm. they're, they're going for the privacy and security brand, right? And, you know, so then you go with Apple because you're laying on that brand and uh, you're mm-hmm. building on that. That's what they're going for. So... I'm sure it will be moderately successful for them. I I can't see myself ever using this browser, but I get it. And most of the things that I saw in their bullet point list of features, I already have through plugins, like the cookie thing and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's okay. You built it in, but I've already got all that going on and my browser works great on all my devices. So...
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it, as a turnkey sort of thing for people who are interested in this, they can go with a name that they trust, and they know that this organization is in good faith, dedicated to protecting their privacy. Yeah, that's a good entry in the field, I think. Okay, so yeah, good luck to them. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I I share your uh, your thoughts that I don't see widespread adoption of this, but if they can make it work for them and make it work with their own business model, yeah. I don't necessarily see it being a bad thing. Nope.
2: I, I, I always like new entries in the market. I'm fine with that.
0: Well, the bad yeah. thing about this was it was on the news a lot when, uh, yesterday when it, when, the, when it popped off. And the downside that I saw was that they said, if you're not using one of these privacy browsers, you might want to try DuckDuckGo. And they, and they showed the list of privacy browsers. Vivaldi wasn't up there, which sucked because it's the one I use. But the top of the list for everybody was Brave. And I'm like, oh, yeah. dear God, please don't have people go download Brave. Please don't. Please don't. We did it, and I feel bad about it every day, just from <laughs> all of the layering of crypto crap that they put in there. It is like, we know where their flag is, is you know, planted, and it is planted firmly in crypto.
1: So Yeah. Well, I'm using Brave every day, and I like it, so
2: okay not gm using any of the crypto g m bro okay crypto bro
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, just, I, I i've mean, got I an n f t bridge to sell you <laughs> i know, i know, but uh, it, but and here's the thing like once I had invested the time in all of the brave stuff and finding the plugins and getting it configured the way I wanted to Debraving it well, but you guys were talking about um Vivaldi. Uh, I took a look at it, but it was just – it was like, oh, i got to switch again. <laughs> I don't want to switch
2: again. I totally understand right, that. I'm just –
1: I am fine here. I don't – I have it set up so I don't see the crypto stuff. It's back there. I'm, I've am i opted out of all of that stuff. And I, and I have to say my browsing experience with Brave is much better than it was with Chrome just because it is blocking more stuff. I don't see nearly as much of the crap that I saw before. Right. So – uh, I, I – it's not to say that I don't think your everything you guys are saying is true and valid. And were I to start off completely new today, would I make a different choice? But it's too late for me. Here's where I am. <laughs> Save yourselves. So, <laughs> tell my wife yeah, I love exactly. her. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. Kind of settled in here and uh, – I 100 percent understand that.
2: Like I, I – there yeah. could be a great new browser launch tomorrow and I would probably think – about eight years before switching again, because it's just working the way I want to, and I'm too damn lazy now.
0: Yeah, here's yeah. the deal: I switch browsers when a browser breaks. I went to Brave mm. because Vivaldi broke on me. The uh, the there was a dumb bug that. Happened to me and I couldn't fix it. So I went to Brave. It worked. It, the thing didn't happen on Brave. Then Brave broke and I came back to Vivaldi. And I'm like, oh, they fixed my bug. I can stay here forever now. <laughs>
2: <So>. <laughs> Until the next Fair update. Yeah.
0: Until they break, which, is, which yeah. happened last week, which I forgot to put in the notes. Vivaldi uh, put an update out uh, and it killed basically Vivaldi on all M1 Macs. And then they put up another one which killed other stuff. Right now it is it's only half broken. So I always recommend keeping at least one window open if you want to <laughs> not have to relaunch it every time until they fix it. Hmm. And I think on hmm. this one did they is it fixed still? Oh, they 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 did another patch. They uh the non-crashing patch uh actually broke the about Vivaldi menu item, but now that seems to have been patched and has been updated. Hmm. So I just yeah. keep I just keep tweeting about it and hoping someone sees it. They liked one of my tweets, so I'm guessing the Vivaldi team has seen something at least.
1: <laughs> Software is hard. Yes.
0: Yeah, so is customer support. That's why nobody does it
1: anymore. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, how do we get here? Uh, so, the uh, other big story that I thought uh, was worth talking about was uh, the raid forums got taken down, mm-hmm. uh, big hacker forum, dark web forum uh, where you could go and, and buy all sorts of things. They, they seem to specialize in databases and uh, those sorts of things. But um, a big international uh, effort and uh, took down raid forums, arrested some of the operators, seized the domains. Um, so kind of a big deal, I think
2: operation tourniquet Ooh,
1: operation tourniquet. Yes.
2: Who names these things? That's, that's really what I'm curious about more than anything else, but I mean, uh, good. Yay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> keep shutting them down. I don't care what yeah. you name your operations as ridiculous as they are. <laughs> hmm.
1: But I think we're also. This is yet another example where it seems as though these folks seem to believe that they can op- operate with impunity and be outside of the reach of law enforcement. And to some degree, they can, especially yep. if they're operating in Russia. But uh, eventually, they go on vacation, or they have their their servers seized, or the, you know they get uh, they get shut down. The 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 um, the. Um, the botnets get shut down, mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. Yeah. So
2: you can get away with it for I think a while. It's good. We're seeing this, <laughs> but not forever.
1: Yeah, well, but also I think, like, at some point, do 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 these folks who are running these things start to think this is not worth my time? Yeah, you know the the risk, the, just the risk uh, reward isn't worth it. And I don't know where we are in terms of tipping that because if you can get in and, you know, make your fortune really quick and get out, then that's one thing. But it seems as though the folks who do this, they get in and then they stay in because um, I guess, you know, fortune is addictive. But
2: – Well, I mean I think there's another aspect to it too. It's – it's you, you think with this skill set – uh you know, is it, is it better to try to do something illegal like this and make a ton of money or go work for a Google and get a really, really good paycheck for a long time? My hunch is Mm -hmm. the type of people that do these sorts of things that create these hacker forums and all that sort of thing. They do not have the personality types to go work at a Google. So it's not like they have other options. There's a certain personality type that is attracted to this sort of thing. They do not play well with others. Um, You know, they're always going to be looking for the grift. Right. And right now, this is Mm -hmm. can be a profitable grift. And then it isn't. And, I, you know, I I suspect a lot of these people don't go don't go on to, you know, very well respected careers at big companies. I, You know, who knows what they do?
0: (laughs) There's also the uh, organized crime aspect of it as well, because, you know, they might not have the choice. To stop Once they start making all that money, because their bosses who take a, most of the money as a cut probably say, we want more, you know, it's not like they can
2: just yeah. go,
1: yeah. ah,
0: I'm going to go work at Google today.
2: And we know where you family live. gets killed, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, right. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. yeah i I do think that having your uh organization shut down and your let's say bitcoin uh confiscated is one thing, but actually getting jail time getting rounded up and and locked up uh i think sends a different message to these folks right so we'll see
2: we shall see we'll see
1: yeah all right well that's what I have for you gents this week and uh I'll see you guys next time. Maybe we'll have some Star Wars stuff. Star Wars is coming. (laughs) I'm excited. (laughs) Oh, God. Here we go again.
0: (laughs) Closing shout outs. Over at Patreon. (laughs) Nobody. Nobody. Just a reminder you get uh, the episodes early, and they're ad free, and they're high res. I forgot the high res last time. So there's all sorts of goodies if you uh, sign up for Patreon. Starts at
2: three bucks a month. Easy peasy. There you go. Over at PayPal, we got Ralph, Mark, Sherry, Miles, Natalie, Linda, and Edward. Thank you all so much. Thank you very much. And over at Stripe and our
0: tip jar, we've got Jeff, Andrew, and Q, and Theodore. And it is a sad, sad uh, week for me. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried died at age 67, which really, way too young. Didn't see this one coming. Too many comedians going too fast.
2: There's a picture doing the rounds right now of uh, Gilbert Gottfried with... Uh... Oh gosh, what's the fan- what's the guy's Bob name? Saget and Bob Louis Saget, Bob Saget, and Louis Anderson, all three passed yeah. recently. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. And I I haven't thought much about Gilbert Gottfried really until very recently because my kid is going through the Disney movies and obviously he did his oh. Aladdin phase. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sad. News. I never
0: really liked Gilbert that much until I started listening to uh, Penn Sunday School and they would always talk about him and he would come on and I. Really changed my opinion over the years about, I just thought he was annoying, but he was an incredibly smart comic, mm-hmm. incredibly smart. If you can yeah. get past the, the annoying voice, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, as soon as I start to like him later <laughs> in a happy Easter to Vincent, uh, Vincent just keeps sending me money. So thank you, Vincent. Uh, I really appreciate it. You can stop now though. Everybody paid for my medical bills. Uh, <laughs> I will take this money that you sent me though, and go buy some CBD So thank you very much for the anti-anxiety weekend that I am about to have. So much love, Vincent. All right.
2: Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister.
0: And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. And there's probably a little share button on the app that you're using to listen to us right now. So tweet it, Facebook it. Interested? if you have to. I don't care. Share it, please. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 549. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay beast mode!